nailed it. All right, all right. Welcome back. Irrational Fan Pod. Episode 10? Just number 10? Uh, this might number be episode nine. number 10. Thank you wow, to all who episodes. have listened thus far. Yeah. Jesse, journey. when you asked me to do this, I the line I would have set was four and a half. If four we were going to... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and we have we have crushed that line. So good job. We have by blown us. through the over. Absolutely. We're coming at you on a Wednesday night from uh, Seattle and, and Nashville. Wednesday, Wednesday, December seventh. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Jesse, how are you feeling? Got all your Christmas shopping done? Uh, very, very little to none. Um, <laughs> okay, so we haven't you, started. You were you were a part of some of my shopping the other day. Um, oh, as we we discussed a little offline. I was buying a a present for someone in our family and uh, I went to go purchase said item and the shipping costs for the item. This wasn't a, this wasn't something that was available on Amazon or any of the more um, mainstream websites that, you know, offer, you know, your, your free shipping, shipping, free shipping, buy X amount, get free. It was, you know, it's a little prime member over here. No big deal. Absolutely. (laughs) Proud prime member since 2012. Uh, so I, you know, I went to go purchase this item and the shipping cost was going to be like damn near a quarter of the price. No, it was more than the quarter of the price. The item I was purchasing itself. And I was just so just perturbed by the concept of the shipping costing. Yeah. Like, you know, it was, it was like $15 to ship something that is not heavy and is not large. And I was just so, and so I just started looking at other people's addresses to see if it was cheaper shipping to anybody else in your fa- yeah, yeah and family members totally. you know family members because we're going to chicago for going christmas. to chicago this year for christmas so i just thought yep. hey let's see if anybody else can get this for cheaper and so you Jensen, put in my you address winter <laughs> you were the lucky winner of the lowest of the potential cheaping <laughs> shipping options it still was like almost ten dollars which was absurd <laughs> but just on the principle of wanting to give these swindlers as yeah. little money as possible for charging the exorbitant shipping prices for this small item. Yeah. There is now, uh, there is now a present for someone else in our family headed to you, which you will have to just throw in one of your bags. You were concerned yeah. about having to travel with this item. Again, it is not a small, it's not a large or a heavy item. You're going to be fine. Uh, but all that to say, um, that was probably most of my Christmas shopping. Jesse, I've done can, can you tell? It was, it was, Tumultuous to say the least. Can you tell the audience based on this story how much you saved in shipping costs by shipping it to me rather than bringing it with you or shipping it to our parents? I saved a grand total of $6. (laughs) Jensen, it's not about the $6. It's about, I think there's a condition about the $6. It's $6. It's it's, it's $6 and the principal. I, as a consumer, I've now been trained that there's there's got to be a way that I should be able to qualify for free shipping at the very least. And if not free shipping, shipping should cost $5. Like that's... You can really keyed into shipping specialty. costs these days? I am, actually. <laughs> okay. Oh, didn't know. <laughs> didn't know. Unless we're talking about like, hey, I'm buying some like a new weight set for somebody and it co- and it weighs 120 pounds. Then the $15 is justified. Considered a deal, even perhaps a bargain. <laughs> I just as as someone who's had to ship items around the country semi frequently in different careers in my life, I was taken aback 
and insulted personally by the cost of this item well, and def- the lack of any it. threshold to clear to then qualify for some sort of shipping discount. Like I, w- I just needed something. I need I needed this to be less than just such a cold transaction of you want to buy something for us. Well, you're going to get a nice extra twenty five percent charge for the shipping. I don't know that they're making money off the shipping. It just might be what the shipping has cost from the West Coast to the Midwest. That just might be what it is. It might be, but I, as a consumer, I was still offended by the preposition. Well, uh, so you you uh, involuntarily volunteered to be the the mediator, and for that, I'm grateful. I I'm shouldn't sure have given you my address. I, when you asked, Ellie had it, so you are nah. you're out of luck either way. All right, let's well, move I, past my um my shipping quandaries and my uh my penny pitching, as it were. Um, I uh I have gotten a lot of my Christmas shopping done. If you were curious, okay. I w- yeah. I wasn't. I didn't actually know we were going to start uh, this podcast with a holiday recap. I think um, we barely know what we're going to talk about when we start this podcast. <laughs> so it kind of just goes where it's got a great go. outline, and it always it always takes us somewhere. Yep. yep. Uh, well, today, so, speaking of outline, yep. what we're planning on talking what about? What are we talking about today? We're going to recap a little bit about our um, our American boys, the U.S. men's national team. We're going to go ahead and uh, recap that a little bit. Our our loss or defeat. But going home with our hands, our hands held high, <laughs> our head held high, and our hands held heads high. Held high, hand, but also heads in our hands. Yes, perhaps. hands in in up high with our heads. Um, we're also going to talk a little NFL, a little MVP race, what's going on, maybe some playoff scenarios, predictions, and then we're going to finish this off um, with a little Bears talk, specifically with Justin Fields, because if you've been paying attention. Jesse, we have currently the number two overall pick, and that leaves us with a couple of options. And I want to, I want to, I want to have a conversation around that at the at the end of the pod. So yeah, that's what we're yeah. going to be hitting now, hard today. Before we go any further, though, there's actually one order of business that oh. we do need to touch on before right. we talk about anything, any content. We should have led with this. Any we should have led with this. This is something that was actually a podcast do a podcast prior, we need to throw a massive shout out to our guy, Mr. Owen Wolcher. Uh, Owen. Owen, is our, Owen is our cousin. He runs a marketing firm. Uh, in owns. The greater owns Rapids. a marketing firm. I don't think I'll be run. I, he said he runs yeah. it. That implies ownership. He owns a marketing firm in Grand Rapids. Owns He's it. baller. And this guy, bless his heart, he saw how much we were struggling with our podcast art. I'll probably <laughs> leave like our first podcast with the original like We'll go second rendition. First version doesn't need to see the light of day anymore. Second version was what we were attempting yeah, it was so bad. to do as like a, a kind of a fun, like whimsical cartoon, like scattered sports. And you're, general, Owen, you're generous to say we. It wasn't. I, it's true. I, it was me. It was I did you. it. And I did it, it with some sort of iPhone app that I barely knew what I was doing with. And Owen reached out to us and said, guys, I saw the logo you guys were running with. And I just wanted to hook you up with something a little more tied together, a little he more put bad. together. He was it like, was, hey, man, don't feel bad. And we were like, Owen, you're a freaking <laughs> legend. Yeah. This actually looks like it wasn't put together by like a kindergarten class. So right. the new, the current, our podcast logo, 
presented by Jess and Jens. That was all done by Mr. Owen Wolcher. He threw in some little, a little bit of Chicago flavor in there. He's got a couple like subtle Bulls logos. He yeah. threw, I love the F1 car in the bottom because we'll probably Yay. dive into some of that. He yeah. he just really went all out and actually made us look like we have a chance to present a professional opinion on anything. So, Mr. Owen, shout out to you. You're the man. I love the logo. I love you. And we are super excited to be able to use that as our pod logo. Go talk to Owen Walcher about all your marketing needs. He's the man. He's incredible. It looks really good. Um, the first rendition was awful. The second one was great job by you. But this third one feels like we don't even deserve it. Um, Owen, thank you. I will kiss you straight in the mouth the next time I see you. Know that it's heard it here first, folks. Jordan got ten dollars. <laughs> Owen gets a sloppy kiss. So uh, we're just handing out all sorts of rewards on the pod here. We just we're givers. We just like yep. to give. But I think yeah. at some point here, whether it's this podcast or next, we uh, we are going to do a dedicated Detroit segment for Mister Owen. Um, I need to I need to dive into a little bit more of the Pistons, who have not quite been living up to my proclaimed over that I called for them at the beginning of the season. Uh, the Lions are right there with the Bears fighting uh, for the for those top picks. Although, actually, let me let me take that back. They're doing a lot better than the Bears this season. Uh, so we will. Uh, we're going to dive. I mean, two games better. They're currently the like the twelfth or thirteenth uh, in overall standing. So they're they're right there in the middle of the pack. Uh, all that to say. Uh, Oh, we owe you a good Detroit breakdown, and it's coming uh, probably next pod, and not this one. Because I want, I want to, I want to have something for you. I want to return yep. the blessing you blessed me with, and so I want to bless you with some irrational takes about your favorite teams. So, again, one last shout out to Owen Jens. Let's dive into it. Let's just off the top. Let's get it out of the way. Last three episodes have been World Cup. We were loving it. We were all in our U S men's national boys. We had built up a lot of optimism. We had, we gave people 12 hours to consume some content with the last pod that was immediately rendered irrelevant by their loss to the Netherlands. Um, half, but they are, half of it was, they half were, yes, was maybe half, that's irrelevant. true. If you haven't gone and listened to the last pod, we did a, we did a draft of the remaining teams, uh, who we think has a chance to go the furthest. So that was kind of fun. Uh, I think, I've I lost a couple of my picks already. We've all got some some combination of points. I lo- you know, I was disappointed Spain lost, but I think I also picked Mar- Morocco. So you I got covered your bases. You yeah, Morocco. Anyways, we digress. Go listen to that episode if you want to hear our draft for who we think's got the chance to go the furthest in the World Cup. But the U.S. team, they lost to the Netherlands. They were just a class above. The U.S. fought hard, but they gave up some just clinically easy um, goals to the Netherlands that in ways that I don't even know how to explain how they made them so easy. Uh, but they lost three, one to the Netherlands heartbreaker uh, felt like it was a game that could have been there if things break a little differently, but I don't know, Jens, what was your takeaway walking away from that game? Yeah, I believe the, the clinical term is called marking your man and they failed to do that track their man, um, which is what happened on those three goals. They just kind of, lost a few there's there's a pretty bad one by tyler adams who just kind of thought that just fell you know, behind. Trail behind memphis and dupre dupre and and kind of lost him but i mean overall so it's 
obviously such a bummer to go home. You you want to kind of stay in the tournament as long as possible. It felt generally that this was a success or at least borderline the expectation of what we maybe wanted the men's national team to achieve in the World Cup. Um we and and we had to have a really favorable um group uh result, you know, in order to kind of to to get out of that. And the reality is that we were gonna face Netherlands or Argentina in the second round. So it was gonna be really tough. It would have been historic to come out with one of those wins. But I leave, you know, with my hands held high, <laughs> yeah, looking at these players. I can't I can't help it. They're in the air right now. If we had video, you could see it. But with all of these young with the young core in 2026, you know, the core being Pulisic, McKinney, Tyler Adams, Aronson, Giorena. We have oh, other we need players. to yeah, correct one statement that we both made in the last pod. I think both of us said that Tim Weah's not going to be a part of the next team. And I think yeah, we both it was Reem. Reem. We did. We did mean Reem's Reem. 35 and Tim Weah's yeah. 21. So yeah, uh, he will not be aging also out. Also a core. Yep. Sorry Matt about Turner that. Matt Turner core. Um, Reem so, likely not to be there again. Weah very likely to be there again. Let's hope, because this is one of the things we address. If Reem is there, we have not fixed our center back position. And we need that. Valid. That's kind of Zimmerman, you know, Vickers played really well. Reem played, uh, obviously, he was like top five uh, men's national team, you know, contributor or whatever you would call that. Like he was awesome the whole time. Um, so there's obviously a couple positions to address striker the whole time was something that we were lacking. We were missing, and this has been documented and talked about, but Burhalter within his system, he wants to play with a striker rather than seeing what he has around him and molding his systems, pivoting his system. And again, I don't, I don't know, you know, soccer in the same way that other people would. So I don't know how easy it is to pivot a system, but people play with a false nine, which is what we tried in the last 45 minutes yeah, the of half the game the against Netherlands. He just threw yep. Reina and Aronson out there and said, yep, we try to make here's our, happen. here's our four best offensive players on the front line. Let's see what happens. I was, I was actually talking to, to Braylon about this and I was talking about the bears game and how Justin Fields was asked to throw the ball that like in the last two minutes on Sunday to try to win them the game. Right. And he had him throwing it the whole game prior. They were running the ball a ton. The game plan wasn't really like utilizing our best player with his arm. He only threw like 22, 25 total attempts. So then you put it in his hand, you go, Hey, we need you to win this game, but you don't have a rhythm. There hasn't been confidence the whole time. You haven't been throwing the ball, but now you need to make eight to, you know, or six to seven consecutive throws to win us this thing. I was talking to that with Braylon and Braylon came up. He goes, that's what Greg Burhalter did. He said, Hey, our, we're not going to run a false nine. We're going to try to fit in a striker, but not put our best players out there. But in the last 45 minutes, when we need them to win, we're going to put in our best players and run a concept in a system that we have not done the entire tournament and they're not comfortable with. So, I don't know if we're – I don't think I'm personally at the place where I'm calling for Greg Burhalter's job. I know some people are. I don't know who you would replace him with. And that's not me just going, you know, I don't know who's out there. That is true. But other people in the sport don't necessarily have a clear um, 
and you know front runner to go ahead and take the manager position for the U.S. team. But that was his biggest, to use a word I learned from you, faux pas. You can't necessarily expect your players to come through and be in a system and within 45 minutes against a international team that has the longest active streak of not losing a game and expect them just to come back. Now they, they brought within a goal. They lost three, one. So yeah, I um, think I've got like a couple of things on that. My, I mean, number one, setting aside for the moment, whether or not you applied the term faux pas appropriately in this context, that's all right. Oh, I, it was perfectly executed by me. Perfectly. Excellent. We'll we'll proceed with that. So yeah, we will faux pas. I do think I do think two <laughs> things with the Burlhalter stuff. Again, like I don't know what the what the coaching depth looks like. I've seen people say that they would love to keep Burlhalter in the program, just not in the the head manager role. Like put him in the recruiting role, which where he seemed to have done really well. The U.S. did. Yeah, sure. Lock in a lot of players in this last cycle that could have gone either way in terms of countries they could represent. I mean, you have that with Sergio Dest, you know, who had an okay showing against Netherlands, but could have played for the Netherlands. Eunice Musa, who looks like an absolute just staple of the midfield, could have played for multiple teams. And we got played players, England, dude. where he spent most of his. We have players, but I think, but I think it really did show why most to me why most world cup teams aren't that young as talented as you are you're just not usually as developed as you need to be when you're 22 and under like so many of our key guys were or 23 and under. like if you think about like a Giannis to use a basketball analogy like go look at Giannis when he came into the league like he was not who he is now like not even just from skill standpoint but just from like his frame like he had not become a fully like formed athlete yet until he was 24, 25 to the become the player that we think of now. And I felt like I could really see that against the Netherlands where you had these weathered improving guys where they just seemed bigger and stronger. Now they might've just had bigger athletes as well. And I think it was a little underplayed how good the Netherlands were just in the interest of drumming up storylines for, the world like for the US, like the Netherlands have been a powerhouse in soccer for a long time. They have not shown out well this season, but like to me, it just showed like the baseline of athlete and like developed player they have on the field relative to the US. It was it was pretty stark watching that game. It was just like our guys just weren't as big. They were fat like they might have been as fast, but their their guys were as fast and then stronger. It just like they just seemed like they had more power in a lot of what they were doing. Um, again, maybe that comes from them just having wide open crosses to just blast on goal and it makes them look like they're these world beaters. But it just, so, they seem just like clarify, a more developed team. Totally. And I think you're right. But just to clarify something you're saying, you are not arguing that there are other options out there, but we are just not there yet. Like there yeah, are other U.S. That, men's national team players that were bigger and stronger and available. Like we, you're saying, we feel yeah. that our best squad. Yeah, I do think we feel that our most talented squad, and I do think, um, but I th- I think another four years of these guys maturing, not just as players, but just as like humans, is going to be huge. Totally. Like their ability totally. to be able to, they're going to add strength to their just like their frame and just like that's going to make them more impactful and more dangerous players. So 
I Which do granted, think there's a level of like, you know, you soccer players are strong in different ways. Like look at a Neymar. He's never been the biggest guy. Messi never the Ronaldo is probably more one of the more um sorry, Braylon's FaceTiming me. Ronaldo is one of the more um you know, he's definitely strong. He's huge. He's a freak. Yeah, Messi's not physically imposing, but he's very but like, like Messi Memphis almost Depray, is like a, he was huge. Yeah, no. he's just a beast. Lukaku, he was big. Yeah, uh, their guys are just—they're just these tanks of dudes that are make totally. them. And they have a, it adds a different dimension to their game. Um, but like, I bet you, Messi doesn't look like those guys. But he's probably like a Luca in the sense that like you can't move him off his spot as easily as you think you could for his like. He doesn't look built, but like his balance and strength, I would bet you is a lot higher than. Yeah. He just like physically looks, and that's comes from just development. So and leg days, and lots of leg days. So the World Cup's not over, but it is over for the U.S. Some exciting developments that the U.S. are going to have the chance to play in the Copa America tournament in two yeah. years, which is typically just a South American tournament that the U.S. does not get to participate in, and Unless so for them to have the chance to kind of have that showing against those top South American teams two years before the world cup cycle will be a fun check Mark for the U S team in two years from now. Well, did you see this Jess? we're playing and we're hosting it is in Mexico, yeah. Canada, and the U S so we because, can, uh, be- what was, who was going to host it? And e- then they Ecuador, Ecuador, and they withdrew their hosting yeah, for, for and, whatever reason. Yeah. I don't, so we could US maybe see a lot these of guys. Stadiums, it's super so fun. It's, yeah. That would be very cool. We'll have to look at the cities they're going to land in. It'd be cool yeah. to go to a Copa game. Um, before the World Cup, but yep. let's uh, let's leave the World Cup there for now. We'll probably we'll have some more to say about the overall tournament, and um, you know maybe we can bring like a Braylon or a Cody back to do just like a you know, a breakdown of just the tournament at large. Uh, and so let's uh, let's let's move over to some sports we've been neglecting for the last few weeks. You know, I'm not saying they've it's been no we've ha- we've abandoned them. There's just been more pressing things at mind in the form of the world cup. Uh, let's talk, let's go to the NFL season. The NBA season is everybody's kind of finding the rhythm. The teams that came out to really hot starts that were surprising have kind of come back a little bit. The teams that were really underperforming have had their little stretches to maybe bring them back to towards where we thought they'd be. So the NBA is still kind of finding its rhythm, but the NFL is really starting to creep up onto playoffs and just kind of establishing who's in, who's out um, Jens, what have you been, what have you been seeing the, over the NFL the last couple, last couple weeks? So in the NFC Eagles are good. Vikings are frauds. That's what I've seen <laughs> now. Granted record wides Vikings are still there. I think they're the second seed in uh, the yep. NFC. Uh, Eagles 11 to one Vikings 10 and two. Yep. Totally. The jets could have easily, um, came back in or just could have won that game. But I mean, they, to their credit, they held them off. So, um, in the NFC, the top three teams are the Eagles, who are contenders, the Vikings, who are pretenders, and then I would just say I'm still believing in the Bucks. I still believe no, in Brady. You're not. Yes, you're yes. the Bucks still. Yes, I still believe in the Bucks. Now, granted, they came back and they won on Monday night. They scored like four, 13 or fourteen. I think it was fourteen points in like at the three minute mark in the fourth. So he came back and won it. They, um, they are the only team in the top five with a negative point differential still in the season. Totally. Minus I, two. I Vikings, think that, your pretenders, plus 10. 
They were. In contrast, Eagles have a point differential of 112. <laughs> no, the Eagles are really good. I guess I'm just betting on Brady um, and for them to find it. I just think he's he's been really good in December and January over his career. Uh, side trivia. Side trivia. What yeah. team in the NFL do you think has the highest point differential? Both, both, uh, both conferences, just in the NFL. Who do you think has the highest point differential? It's not the Eagles. It's the not team the Eagles, just, and they're at one hundred and twelve. Yeah, you said the Eagles are third. I'm gonna go Cowboys. Nice guess. That is yeah. correct. The Cowboys have just the highest this- point differential. Just because it's last 127. Okay. So let me guess number two here then. Let me guess number two. Boys, Eagles are third. I think I'm going to transition to the AFC. There's no way all three are there. I'll say the Bills. That's it. You got it with 124. Nice. So only three points behind the Cowboys. Okay. Chiefs uh, have eight or plus 80. Uh, but they are behind. Uh, so third best in the NFC is actually the Niners. Their their defense has been really good, and their yep. offense has been consistent. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's actually so in the AFC. So this is we talked about this a little bit earlier in the season, but just talking about how there was just way more theoretical contenders in the AFC when we were mid season in the NFC. Yeah. We're just kind of like who was actually even good in the NFC, and so. There's kind of a fairly linear drop off in the AFC. It's 124 Bills, 80 for the Chiefs, 57 Bengals, Sorry, 49 AFC. Ravens. Yeah, AFC. 49 yep. for the Ravens, then 29 for the Jets, and it drops off and kind of, you know, then the bad teams all have negative point differentials. <laughs> in, the, in the NFC, you got Cowboys 127, Eagles 112, Niners 92. The next best point differential in the NFC is the Seattle Seahawks with 14. Plus 14. <laughs> there is like an oh. 80 or 78 point point differential. And point differential is the be all end all, but it is tends to be a good indicator of like Jensen was saying, pretenders or contenders. Like the Vikings right. have the second best record 10. and a plus 10 point differential. Like they're getting they, lucky. Oh, they're getting they're lucky. Get, oh, they're winning a lot of close games and in yeah. the in the aggregate, you just tend not to win those game those close games over and over and over again. The Vikings have, and that's great, but they that's why there's a lot less faith in a team like the Vikings versus a team like the Eagles, or even on the potential ability of the Cowboys to pull it out. Because when they they have the ability to really win big and not just eke out these close wins over and over. I just thought that was hilarious to go from ninety two to fourteen. Right. Um, between the third and fourth. Anyway, staying on that to, point differential line, an, another team that I guess wouldn't have had this poor of or this slim of a of a differential, the Dolphins had the same point differential as the Vikings at ten, and I guess they yeah. just think of the Dolphins to be more legit. I really like Mike McDaniel's to his best statistically. You know, if we were just looking at a stat sheet. And just looking at like who is the best quarterback and don't watch any games. Tua wins the MVP. He's been really good. Um, but I guess I just would say that Miami is yeah, maybe their defense think, added Chubb, but it seems to not really do anything. Ten. That's very surprising. 
Yeah, they just haven't been. Uh, I don't think their defense been has been as effective uh, overall, limiting points scored. And yeah. then for the good stretches that the Dolphins have had, they're they've had some pretty inconsistent offensive days as well. Um, the the middle of the Dolphins season has been good, but Tua of late and early Tua were not were not looking good, and that's definitely hurt them and just kind of their overall their overall yeah. stats. Um, but before I took us down a point differential um, side road, uh, we were just kind of talking top teams overall. I think probably storyline wise, the biggest like just kind of shocker the Rams basically being completely out of the playoffs now. Like they are, yeah, they have the, uh, I don't know, the third or fourth were the, they're the second worst team in the NFC by record. I mean, to go from winning the Super Bowl to just basically being irrelevant is not common. That does not, that does not happen a lot. So you are not going to see, uh, the Rams back, uh, not only just in the Super Bowl, but they're not going to be in the playoffs at all. Um, I was listening to someone talk about, there, but. I was listening to someone talk about championship defense and actually I think it was Bill. And he was saying how this like might be one of the all time, like lows of a team defending their championship. But he said, you know what the worst one is? And it's unbeaten. Can you take a guess, Jesse? The work they airs, isn't it? Nope, is the 99 Bulls. So actually, I heard him say that, and yeah. I don't think that – I think that's garbage. Like, Jordan left. Like, Right, but they, they, just were trying, to, they were trying to defend the title. The Rams – I think this is way worse. The Rams were trying to – they brought back the same team. Purely speaking, a high to a low, it's the, it is the 99 Bulls. I still think that's a garbage argument, though, because you're saying like – Oh, the biggest like sup- the the but that was a decision the Bulls made. Been. They could have brought Jordan back. So it's just as an organization, the Bulls organization. Yeah, that's that. It just wasn't that clear cut. They didn't just say, "Now nah, we're good." Jordan Jordan wanted to be done. We all Whether watched the doc. He wanted to be done with the Bulls or not. That was I, that I, was. I, I, did, I didn't mean I, to bring us here. I just was I throwing it up to you. Even to say that the Bulls have had the worst title defense because I think in order to have a title defense, you actually have to be attempting to win the title again, and the Bulls did not try to do that in that '99 season. So I reject <laughs> you, that. Uh, that and uh, I think it's going the Rams from winning a championship to all time. They're up there, but I think this is one of the worst where you are literally not just no, bringing back all of your best players. Like they didn't lose any of those key guys to like free agency or to trades or now they've left, they've lost a lot to injury. A lot they of lost, lost. They did lose Vaughn, who was a big part of them winning it, who ended up actually. But he was kind of an add on to the season. They were like the core of that team was Donald Ramsey. Cup, oh, he was Stafford. huge. No, I know he was, he was impactful, but he, he was you, kind of a luxury you know he, add. You know, he they made, they made it to the, the championship comp- game at least what once or maybe even made it to the Super Bowl once without Miller. They made it to the Super Bowl without Miller when they lost they to Brady 13 to three before he came, but he did make a huge impact based also on the money that the bills gave him. That's kind of indicative of the value that he held coming off of that Super Bowl run is that when you all of a sudden pay a guy, I mean, I forget the exact number it was in the hundreds and then he, you know, unfortunately tore his ACL this last week and he's out for the season, which sucks. But 
any whatever. Odell towards ACL, he was impactful. Vaughn, he was impactful. But you're right. The core of Donald, Ramsey, Stafford, Cup, those four guys, they came back. Now they lost some people on offensive line. The guy that retired, who's now doing Thursday night football. What's his name? The big guy in the hoodie. I and he was so their offensive line, their running backs have been a mess. Allen Robinson, former Bear, has been maybe terrible. Maybe Mitch wasn't that bad. That's that's what Allen Robinson taught me. So I don't know these exact numbers, but I heard this crazy Mitch Trubisky, Matt Nagy stat. It was a <laughs> Mitch slash Fields, but it was a Matt Nagy stat. The Bears have three plays this year. They're scoring drives over 50 yards. So like you start from their own territory on their mm-hmm. side of the field and they score a touchdown that's 50 yards more, 51 yards, you could say. There was a number that was like, it was like 200 and something games and 2,000 individual plays and 400 offensive possessions that Matt Nagy was the coach. So it wasn't 200 games, but it was it was 200 or 2,000 possessions. It was 400 offensive. Or sorry, let me run that back. Let me run that back. It was 2,000. No, I'm nailing this. It was 2,000. <laughs> stay with me. It was 2,000 snaps. It was 400 something offensive possessions. And they okay. did not score a single offensive touchdown beyond 50 yards. And the Bears have three of those in the last eight weeks. Does seem like a almost a difficult level of incompetence to uh to achieve it's a, it seems impossible but he did it like you just get lucky on one play out of 2000 you would think oh yeah you'd actually, think like you just i you know someone could just break through the line and just end up with you a, don't a 55 that. yard Something rush falls or apart. like that yeah. yeah totally and it, it didn't happen. well I, I i think all of those plays for the for the bears this year are probably just fields taking off he had another one this last week where it was just like Oh, plays dead. Oh, 50. nope. He's throwing he's a touchdown. He's... Was that designed or was it dead? I think it was designed. I don't think that one was designed. His touchdown run. That was that was that did not look like a design run. That looked like he dropped back. Something wasn't there. Pocket broke down a little bit and he took off. Okay. I'll try to watch it because it happened pretty fast. But yeah, that was a 55-yarder. Um, and we'll talk about that man soon. So playoffs are kind of still rounded into form. The top seeds are uh the top seeds are the Eagles, the Vikings, Bills, Cowboys, Chiefs. That's probably your tier one, and you would probably remove the Vikings from there. Do you really think the only team – do you think it goes Eagles, Cowboys in the NFC for your favorite teams? I think it goes Eagles, Niners. Eagles, Niners. Even with uh, Garoppolo going down. Because that was the big news from this weekend yeah. is that Garoppolo broke his foot. He's out for the season. Now, is Garoppolo a, a, an impressive quarterback in and of himself? No, but he executes – Right. What Shanahan needs him to do consistently and allows the run game to do what he needs to do. Totally. Um, For whatever it's worth, it's a Liz Frank injury. He's actually not getting surgery on it, and it's a possible comeback for the playoffs. Oh, is it? Him. Okay. I, yeah. He was initially ruled out for the he season. He was so initially ruled out, and then they came back with a new update. So Purdy's in there. Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, That's the right. Last, last pick in the draft. The last pick in the draft. Um, I think Kyle just has such a f- – QB friendly offense that like Purdy could actually do it. Now it just is rookie inexperience that probably is going to bite him uh, some of these some of these games. But I would put the Niners just based on what they're even able so to. You do go Niners Sunday. over Cowboys. 
Packers over Cowboys. Uh, no. But dude, Mike McCarthy's awful. Like, if we're talking about like that, me I mean, that, a that coach, is true. It's, it's, it's Mike a, McCarthy. It's a fair hesitancy. And and Dak, like, just at moments, like he looked awesome on Sunday. Their defense is crazy. Micah Parsons is unbelievable. Literally could, you know, win the MVP one of these years. Um, but I think. I think I still would go cow. I think I'll go Eagles, Cowboys, Niners, and then I would go Bucks, top four teams. Okay. Even with the I record think, at six and six, six and six, and there's literally one, two, three, four teams ahead of them. I mean, they're, but the crazy thing is they're going to get a home game, I think, because they're winning that miserable NFC South yes. division. Yes, Falcons. Um, Panthers at six and, and six, they're gonna likely. That, that's your, what's insane is that the Panthers at four and eight are not out. Are not they're out in. They're it. in the hunt, quote Math, unquote. Mathematically, they're not out of it at all. No. I mean, that's that's twelve games. There's five games left. Right. I mean, I think even technically speaking, the Saints are not like nobody is out of that division. No, with a the Saint, four nine. The Saints are two four, games eight, back. Eight, six and six. It's wild. Yeah. Crazy. So who's who's your top watch, four in the NFC? Like hate watch. Uh it's gotta be Eagles. Um uh Eagles, Niners, Cowboys, and I'm tempted to put either the Vikings or the Seahawks in above mm. the Bucks. The the Bucks have just been they just can't seem to get out of their own way. They can't. They can't seem to score points, even though they seemingly had the talent to do it. Um, I don't trust Geno Smith. Is probably the main reason that I don't want to pick the Seahawks to be like the fourth best team. He's he's shown it so far this season, but I just feel like we have such a track record of Geno Smith not having it that I'm just not ready to say he's suddenly figured it all out. But maybe he has. Yeah. And their skill players are pretty decent. I think their defense is, you would know more how, like, what their defense perceived. How's the defense perceived locally? Is it solid? I know they're tough. It's middle of the pack. Yeah. Middle of the it's pack. fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think the offensive talent of the Vikings makes me lean that way. Um, they don't have a great track record in big games, but. Oh, Kirk specifically doesn't have a great well, track record. Kirk doesn't have a great. But I think. Just that's the really high-end offensive talent from them makes me go Vikings there, and then you give Brady the respect nod, and then I probably go Seahawks after that. Okay, that's fair. I yeah, whatever. That's fair. I I my Bucks thing. I'm not going to get you know. No one's going to be like you know backing me that based on what they've seen. I guess it's just Brady. Like you're you're saying the Vikings are better because of the team, but I'm going their worst because of the quarterback. And based on the Bucks' performance, you would go, they're not as good, but I'm just putting my faith in Brady being Brady, even at 45 and bringing this thing out. So what about the AFC? AFC for me, the top two is easy. It's Bills, Chiefs. Um, I think it's tough. Bengals had a nice looking game against the Chiefs, um, but I still think I take the Chiefs over them. Bengals had a kind of a weird stretch where they they stumbled a little bit, uh, but they've been on a really nice streak. Uh, the Titans, I just, that's a quarterback th- team. where just like, I don't trust Ryan Tannehill when it counts. Henry's great. Um, 
but they don't have a lot of offensive weapons outside of Henry Traylon Burks. Their rookie has been kind of in and out, but again, they're winning their division. So they're likely to make the playoffs right now because the three teams behind them in their division are trash. They're the uh, bucks of the AFC. Yes, 100%. And the Colts, Jags, and Texans are a lot less likely to run. I, I do think we can write off the Texans. They can't they can't make it. No, they're um, going to win some games because then we'll have I think pick. mathematically, I think mathematically, uh, the Colts and the Jags aren't out of that winning that division, but no. the Colts are a mess at quarterback and the Jags are the Jags. Where they is Mike the, Vrabel in your list of best coaches in the NFL? And, we'll, and we'll we'll phrase it like this. Uh, you know, I think where are I think he's got to be top top eight. So I think we'll he phrase makes it, we'll phrase it we'll phrase it like this: If you could hire any coach away from any team and bring them to the Bears, who are your top three? I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Oh, You're putting me on the spot for sure. I think Belichick still has to be number one. Um, I think he has the track record of just having the best command. Obviously, he this season has proven, and the last couple of seasons have proven that you still got to have the quarterback. You can be whoever you want. Right. Um, I don't want Belichick running my team. I don't want him to be my GM. I don't think he's been a great GM. Yeah. Um, but as far as game plan ability to just get a you know good defenses and just the overall just control of a team. I think you still got to go Belichick one. Um, let's see Mike McCarthy two. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Reed Reed's got to be up there. Definitely. Um, McDermott's up there. I've always, been I a, guess I, I've always been a Tomlin guy. I like Tomlin. Yeah, Tomlin's awesome um, for sure. I mean, it, I think Harbaugh with the Ravens is, is runs a good program. But then I think you can start talking about guys like Vrabel. Um, you can start talking about a Sean McDermott for sure. A John Harbaugh. Sean McDermott's kind of um, uh, Kyle Shanahan, uh, yeah. Mike McDaniel. Yeah. Like then you can start going into there. Yeah, I don't totally. think I think the hard thing with Vrabel is I don't know what his specialty is. I think he's a good coach. I think his teams are organized. Right. But I don't know where he's really additive as a coach and maybe that's just me being ignorant and not really knowing a ton about the coaching but like he's not known as like an offensive guru he's a defensive player i think he runs a pretty organized defense but i don't know if he runs a really exotic defense so i think he's just a good coach but i don't know where he's really elevating you like system wise yeah i wouldn't know that either i think he's a defensive guy if i know i know he played defense when he was a player no i think he is a defensive coach more, I mean, more than he is an offensive coach. He's just so disciplined. Like his teams are so disciplined. And I guess I asked the question because I was trying to figure out. Like in my head, I'm like, is Vrabel top three? Like I if like if I was thinking a coach I want to the Bears. Like are there three, two, three other coaches I want ahead of him? And the reality is, based on the I think the fields, yes. I probably would want an offensive coach in the building or a coach has been around for a while. I just I. I really love Rabel is just kind of my whole point of asking yeah. you the question um, because of who he's been and how like disciplined and how just how the Titans are in it every year. Like they're no one thinks it's a little a bit team. of a product of their division that they're just in it like this as someone who's pretty close. They've to also the beaten good teams as well. They've got some good wins, but they just don't have the over the top like elite level 
whether it's talent or just execution when it matters. Like they just, I don't know. I'm just never, I'm never that scared. They can win any game, but I'm not really scared of them the way that I'm scared of the bills or the chiefs or even like the Bengals or the Niners or the Eagles this year. So I'd like, there's just a different gear that those teams have that the, no, totally. Titans just don't seem to have that gear. Yeah. And again, not, not talking about the Titans as a team. I, I, they were the one seed last year and no one believed that they were going to win that game and they didn't. So um, to round out kind of the discussion about AFC, you said your four teams are probably the same. The, the bills, the chiefs and the Bengals honestly are all in the same tier right now for me. Ravens took a big hit with Ravens took a big um, hit with Jackson went down. I don't know how long that's going to be. Yep. So it's probably those four. I mean, then there's just disappointing teams like one specifically. Well, there's three teams that have been disappointing and they're all in the same division. And it's the chargers and the Raiders and the Broncos. (laughs) That's that's a pretty, that's a pretty tough scene there. I cannot believe how bad Russ has been. And I cannot, it's wild. It's crazy. Like his, his personality, like now all of a sudden, and people didn't love it before, but now people don't really don't like it. But this, the talent drop off is so perplexing. Like you're watching the game on Sunday and our, my, my friends who most of them had been Russ fans and and watched Russ every single week for the past eight, 10 years. And they just literally, they're, they're saying it literally looks like he doesn't want to be out there like he doesn't want to play football and if i was a broncos fan right now jesse we got so sick like the bears were in it they were in the discussion in the room i would have been excited if they got him and guess what the narrative would have been and maybe not this point because he's really bad but it would have been the bears ruined another quarterback that's what would have been talked about right we did it again and i'm so glad we didn't trade him away uh or trade the picks away and get and get russ because Oof, that is an ugly scene. Ugly. It's a it's a lot of money on that contract. That um, like the 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 salary cap is mostly fake in the NFL, but there are contracts that can like hurt you. And Russ has one of them. Like that's big enough where it's going to affect their team building for a few years here. And that's why you get, in theory, you're okay with it with a top three quarterback because it's enough of a difference maker where it makes up for the deficiencies in other parts of your roster. But the way he's played this season, he is not making up for anything. It's, 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 it's at such a point now that it's an unredeemable season for him. Nothing you can do now. He's just, he just wants to get like, I don't blame him for not wanting to be out here anymore this season. It's like this season's just been a disaster train wreck. He just needs to get to the off season figure out a, if there's a physical problem, get healthy. If it's a scheme problem, coaching problem, something like that, that we can't really know. They got to get to the bottom of that. Like they have spent so much money on Russ that they have to now do everything to try and figure out what's going to make it work with him. Cause they're so they have to make to it work. Him. Yep. So it's, do you know, it's coaching um, change, huge personnel changes, but for him, he's just got to get to the off season. They got to try and figure out what the hell went wrong. And then, go all in next year. And he, and you can look the NFL's such that you can change the narrative that quickly. If they come out of the gates hot next year, all this will change. All the fans will love him again. It'll all be good, but it's just, man, there's gotta be, you gotta show something. Do you know how many points per game the Houston Texans are scoring? 
If you were to take Not a guess per game, uh, I'm going to say 18. Okay. So they're scoring 15.7 points a game, and they are the 29th scoring team in the NFL. At number 30, the Broncos are scoring 13. Wait, there's teams that have scored less than the Broncos? The Broncos are 32. Sorry, 32. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, sorry. I thought you were saying I was thinking NBA. I was, sorry, thinking NBA. The Texans so, are 31. Texans the Broncos are 31. Are 32. I know there was that stack going around there that if the Broncos had scored 18 points in every game, they would be like seven and three or something when that stat was going around. Basically, they would have won just about all of their games just scoring 18 points a game, which like even the Bears have cleared that bar most seasons. Like elite teams are in the low 20s points per game. It's yep. hard to not score 18 points a game. It, in it, it almost seems impossible with, with anyone back there. And their defense has given up the second least points per game. Just imagine if if Russ was middle of the pack, they would be in the playoff conversation. They might be winning their division or at least second behind the Chiefs. Like, yeah, he's a he blows my mind. I cannot, I can't believe it. Uh, any so other thoughts? Russ is on Russ NFL? is not in the MVP conversation. No, let's no. do a quick rundown of best player. In the league's year, I think it's actually a little tricky and much in the same way that it's hard to really definitively call best team in in the NFL this year. I mean, the Chiefs are making a run and then they lose to the Bengals. The Bills are making a run and then they have a couple weeks. Or, or who did they lose to? That was just a, they've had a, a couple games where they just lost to the Dolphins. Stupid and losses. They, they almost lost to the Lions, but they won. And then there was one other week. I forget it though. But yeah, they've had like two, I think they have back to back losses somewhere. They lost to the Dolphins. Yeah, and they lost back-to-back weeks to the Jets and then the Vikings. And it was like, okay, well, mm. didn't didn't expect that. And that was in weeks nine and ten, not really long ago. But then they're back to kind of looking like themselves. So that conversation then kind of leads to who's been the best player. This award is almost always quarterbacks. Um, it's the most important position in the sport. It's the most posi- most important position, arguably, in sports. Yeah, based off uh, of odds, the eighth, it, the the best odds coming in that's non quarterback at number eight is Tyreek Hill. At plus, okay, and it's, at uh, plus so ten thousand. So where did um where did Parsons? Oh, Parsons has really dropped off. There was an argument yeah. when in the beginning of the season for him to be there. Totally. But uh, so gents, odds aside, who's been the best player in the NFL for you this season? Um, I think it's been Jalen Hurts. You know, I, it hasn't been every game, um, and it hasn't necessarily been by his stats. Um, he balled out this last week, and we are definitely a recency bias fan, like league and fans, and like like what have you showed me recently? You know, because if you have the same last five games in the in the NFL, but you had an even better first five games, but then you fell off at the end of the season. Like Jalen could have a terrible first five and a great last, what would that be? Twelve? It's the twelve that matters. So it's it's what's what have you done for me recently is what's going to win you this award for at least yeah. a period of time. I don't know if it's four games, five games, something. Um so I think it's Jalen based on what he's most recently showed me and also the record of the team, the leap that he has had. Um now who do I think is going to win it? Probably Mahomes, right? But Jalen to me is the MVP of the league at week at the end of week thirteen. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good argument. It's all right, it is kind of two different co- 
conversations like, who do you think's been the best and who do you think's going to win? I actually, I actually kind of think Jalen's got the best chance to win because he's new. We love new winners in sports. Like, it's the reason that LeBron didn't have seven straight MVPs in his prime. It's the reason Jordan didn't have six straight, you know, seven straight MVPs in his prime. Right. People get tired of just awarding the same person over and over again, even if they've not shown any less dominance or any less appreciable impact to their teams. So I do think Jalen's actually got a chance to win it and like a pretty good one. It all comes down to who's going to close the season on the highest note. These next four games are huge. We're going into week 13, which is going to take us through the last four, like kind of quote unquote, meaningful games. Week 18 is oftentimes when you see guys teams sit their, their best players, if they've locked up the playoff spot. So I'd say the award really comes down to the next four weeks here and whichever one of these guys, I think realistically, I'd be surprised if Burrow came out and won it at this point. People like Burrow, but I think his year has just been a little too erratic uh, to say he's the MVP this year, unless he just throws for four touchdowns a game for the next four weeks and just the Bengals go on an absolute heater. Right. Maybe then, but Jalen's consistency this year, his development as a passer, like I don't think people really look at him as just a runner anymore. I think he's still better as a runner than a passer. But his like his deep ball has gotten better. He's completing more passes. Like he is, a, I have lost the Jalen bet. He is a good quarterback now. That yeah. you know, when I thought Jalen wasn't going to make it, I'm wrong. I lose that bet. Um, totally. Now so, with the MVP conversation, it, it sparked a thought. I was just, I just looked up like who has won it like recently, right? Yeah. It is actually since 2007. Other than Brady, Manning. Rodgers and Mahomes since 2007. How many other winners have there been? Just give me a number. Other than those four uh, quarterbacks, I'm gonna say. What's that span of years? There is that 14, 2007 to, years? to 20, so 15 years. Yep. Right, so 14 years, 15 years, and those four guys. You said Brady, Manning, Rodgers, Mahomes, Mahomes. Yeah. I want to say, I'll say four other guys have won it. Yeah. Four. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, so it's been Cam, Matt Ryan, Cam in 15, Matt Ryan in 16, Lamar in 2019, and then going backwards, it was Adrian Peterson in 2012. So you oh, say so they the give it to quarterback. Yep. They say they give it to new guys. The it actually because Rodgers won so back to back. Different guys. You can win back to back. The three Pete's tough. And well, no, it's not Rogers this year. All I'm the point I'm making is that it isn't necessarily like the NBA because the NBA does like to do this. They like to give it to a Jokic. They like to give I it to Giannis. It's similar in the sense that like it's not about necessarily. It's got to be now. If you are a new elite guy, that does give you an advantage. But well, they that's won't why Derrick Rose won somebody. it. <laughs> they just don't. No, I'm sure. They just. I think voters don't like to just keep going. Jokic over and over again, or LeBron over and over again, they'll just basically give you a year off and be like, okay, it's Durant. And then, oh, now it's going to be, you know, we'll give it back to LeBron again. Or Curry can win twice, but then, all right, now we're going back to LeBron. It's it's a similar cast of characters. It's just the, oh, like there's got to be variance in it. And so Jalen being a new 
guy, newer guy to the scene, I think does help him. When was the last year Mahomes won it? He won it 2018. Uh, he won it back to back. Wait, did he? Um, this this article I'm reading says Patrick Mahomes 2018. Patrick Mahomes 2018. So I don't know. <laughs> they listed the same year twice. So I I actually think Mahomes he's the betting favorite right now. Yep. I think I still think this is actually pretty he's up in the ones. air, and I think Allen. He's plus eleven hundred. I actually think that's kind of a good bet. If the Bills go on a tear to close the season, he could one hundred percent win that award. Yeah, unless he needs Tommy John. I, th- I thought his elbow was feeling better. Is he out again? El- elbow tendon issues don't just feel better yeah, after just, a couple of weeks. Just ice it up, and <laughs> yeah, yeah you seen those Shaq commercials? Icy hot it really works. That stuff helps. Yeah, I, now that I'm looking at this trend. And Patrick Mahomes, last time he won it was 2018. If he keeps this up, like he doesn't need to be spectacular. If he just does what he does and Kansas City's a two seed, he wins it. I do think, yeah, I think the most impressive player this season has been Jalen, but I think the best player in the NFL is still Patrick Mahomes. Which is a bummer because like, Someone like a Jalen, I mean, he's not the Cam Newton type where he's, he wins it in 2015 and like he, you know, never is the same quarterback. But like, not all these players progress like a Mahomes or a Rodgers or a Manning everywhere. It's like you were just in, the, you know, contention year after year after year. Sometimes Jalen, like his former quarterback Wentz, who got hurt before that, I'm not saying Jalen's becoming Wentz, but you just have a year where you ball out and then you kind of just fall back to the mean and you become good, but you never become elite. And you kind of just become who you are. So I, because part of what is impressive about Jalen is the step he's taken. It's not just him being good, but it's because what he was, and that factors into the voting. So you Does hope NFL that he, have a most improved player award like the NBA. They do. They do. I think Saquon was Saquon was up for. Oh no, he's come back. There is also most, or maybe I'm thinking of comeback player of the year award. Yeah, it's comeback. I don't know if they've got most improved, but it's a similar. Yeah. Kind of. I don't know. Comebacks tend to be guys that are injured or have fallen off the map. So like Gino and Saquon are the kind yep. of the leading candidates there. All right. Well, Jens, I think that's probably a good spot to leave it there. We're going to talk some bears, but we're at an hour already. Um, so we can maybe save that for uh, maybe we can do just like an all Chicago check-in um, next week uh, where we kind of talk just more specific bears, bulls. Yeah. Let's get and another loss. Cubs, under our belt. Cubs can lock in some big off season signings here. Correa. Got our eyes on Correa, Bogarts or Swanson would be a big change. It, it does appear that the Cubs are actually going to try and win some games again starting next year, which is exciting because we can lock back in. Doing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's leave it there. Um, gearing up for a good last uh, run of games here in the NFL. We'll uh, we'll be continuing to watch the World Cup. Uh, any uh, any parting thoughts for us, Jens? Well, my parting thoughts are about my fantasy team, so I'll spare the audience. But playoffs, here I come. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, it's been a it's been a up and down season okay. for me. Okay. Wise, so you know I really think uh, right. No, nope. nobody cares. We're not doing. This. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week, everybody. Uh, we will talk to you next time. Talk to you soon. Yeah.